It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. And that is what we do here. We have conversations about important events. I am trying to slow down a little bit. We try to get two hours of uh, uh, information into one hour, but I've been told that I talk rather quickly sometimes, so I'm going to slow it down just a little bit. Uh, So welcome, and thank you to the great team, to producer Steve, and to Zach, and to Patty, and to Keith. Uh, Thank you. You guys are all doing a great job, and I greatly appreciate you. And uh, yes, offering a conservatarian perspective, we've got a big show planned for you today. We'll go through some headlines this first segment. Uh, Colorado Representative Kim Ransom will be calling in. I wanted to chat with her a bit about this red flag law now. It's not a red flag bill. It's a red flag law and how that potentially can harm women. And uh, then also there's a 584 bills down at the state house. Steve, can you believe it? 584. Unbelievable. And how of them, how many of them will we find Tasteful. Um, <laughs> That's a bad way to yeah, ask Yeah, maybe zero. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. How many I, of them will be good government? You know what? I Close to zero. Close to zero. I'm not sure we need any more laws. I think we should start to elect people to go down there and start to get rid of a bunch of the laws that have been passed. What about that idea, Steve? Well, good luck. <laughs> Aren't we just Mr. Happy today? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, when you get to the story, we'll get to it. But there's. One of the things that popped up on my radar this morning just gets You're a little torqued, and we'll get to that. Goat. We'll get to that in just a minute. So we'll talk with Representative Kim Ransom in the second segment. And then in the third and fourth segment, Patrice Onwuka, we've had her on before. She's the senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. And she's uh, she does some really great op-eds, and you can find them at Independent Women's Forum. And we're going to talk about plastic bags, plastic bag bans, net neutrality, and then Michelle Obama's comments regarding Donald Trump and divorced dads. So that should be very, very interesting. Before we do that, though. I did not take my blood pressure. Not that I have them, but if I did, I didn't take them this morning. I think you should have because you are you are torqued. I, I can't wait to get to that. Before we do that, though, stand for Colorado. We, uh, we need to come together every day, hardworking folks. We don't do rallies, but we're going to do a rally on May 10th. 4 to 5.30 on the west steps of the Capitol. There will be concurrent uh, rallies in uh, uh, Grand Junction on the steps of the old courthouse and in Gunnison. And there may be others popping up around the state as well. But we'd like to get a bunch of people down here to the west steps of the Capitol. Uh, uh, Governor Polis will be giving his State of the State address earlier that day. And I'm sure he will be touting all of the great accomplishments of those 540 
584 pieces of legislation that have been presented, and then we'll know by that time what's been passed. And uh, we think it's time. uh, We have an intersectionality of people across the spectrum that are concerned about different issues. And so we want to meet at the Capitol uh, 4 to 530 on May 10th. That's Stand for Colorado. Go to the website. Sign up for the updates. And uh, we actually are starting to... To, to note some of the different issues and some of the bills that uh, are, um, are being presented and passed on that. And so you can go to the legislation there. We've got that linked. So that's standforcolorado.com. And uh, so let's jump in here. Uh, we'll go into some headlines. The one thing I wanted to mention, we'll probably talk about this later this week, but um, Patty on her, her, um, her great research had, had noticed that on, on the national level, charter schools yield a 53% greater return on investment in education than traditional public schools. And so we'll talk about that when we have Sandy Shaner on uh, later this week. She's a former teacher and former school board member, but I wanted to note that. Let's get to why Steve's blood pressure is up this morning. All right. uh, Before we name names, let's just look at the, the number of Democratic candidates out there who are promising something that's kind of not really has anything to do with really good government and you call it i i call it vote buying but pandering vote buying whatever name you put on it this particular headline warren's massive 640 billion that's billion like b with banana type of billion 640 billion student loan cancellation question over fairness to students who paid off their debts now where does she where is she, where is she coming from that she can just grab a figure like that or it equates to a figure like that and say oh well we'll just we'll just cancel your your student loans well it totally skirts responsibility first of all if you say you're going to do something if you make a pledge that you're going to do something then you need to do everything that you can to make sure that you honor that pledge first of all Second of all, this has been basically, um, I mean, it's been a program. These kids taking out these uh, student loans. And Obama, the Obama administration, took over the student loan program. So we see what happened. Government gets into it. And now we have this massive, massive, we've saddled these kids with this debt. We said, hey, get a college education, and you're going to be able to get a good job, and you're going to be able to be successful. Well, guess what? Everybody has a college degree. Now, not every, actually, I don't have a college degree, but so many people, you know, now have a college degree, and they were expecting this great job, this corner office, and it's not happening. And they're like, well, wait a minute. I spent all this money. I took on all this debt. And where is what I was promised? I mean, Steve, when you drive down the highway on the backs of buses, all the colleges, maybe it's CU, CSU, Metro, you know, all the colleges are advertising. Well, why? Because there's big money in higher education right now. And so these kids are taking on this debt. They're paying the administrators. Goes, the money goes to the administrators. It goes to the top-level uh, indoctrination professors. And then uh, the kids are going, wait, wait a minute. You know what? I don't have that job. And now I have all this debt. So now Elizabeth Warren says, well, we'll just have everybody else pay for it. Well, again, and she's not alone. Uh, was it Kamala Harris and or Book, Cory Booker? They're pushing the reparations thing. And, you know, uh, all these things, it's, it's pandering. It's vote buying. It has nothing to do with good, solid government. Well, now I have to ask you, we have a country, you know, when Obama was elected, 
many people, no matter what their race, was pretty, it was pretty a cool thing. You know, that here in a country that uh, had had slavery, that here we now have a president who is black. And so if you're living in a country where the highest office can be held by whatever descriptor, in this case a black man, why then do we need to pay reparations? I mean, these people were not slaves. Why would we need to pay reparations for that? Another thing you just said that when you saw me grinning, did you see the thing? I guess that happened uh, oh, two or three, four weeks ago. Good old Maxine Waters had some big bankers in and one of her committee I, hearings. Yeah, yeah. And she's drilling them. What are you going to do about the student loan problem. problem? And they all looked at her. It's like, I'm sorry, but you took that over. You, the feds, took that over, you know, the last administration. And, and she didn't even know that. She, she's house of the, uh, you know, chairman of that committee unbelievable talk about making a major fool out of yourself well that's true so you know what steve in trying to get to your your issue i know you're having issues this morning steve i forgot to give our inspiration and i have a funnies that i just have to share okay so are you ready all right so we reversed ordered that's fine is that okay with you oh go for it okay so first of all our inspirational quote many of you know Corey ten boom or hopefully you you know her she was a dutch watchmaker Later became a writer, and she worked with her father, Casper Tinboom, and her sister, Betsy. Her sister, Betsy, died in a concentration camp during World War II and other family members, and they helped many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust, Holocaust during World War II by hiding them in her home. They were caught, and they were arrested, and they were sent to the Ravensbrück uh, construction, uh, concentr- concentr- concentration camp, and her sister died there. And Corey Tim Boom's famous book, The Hiding Place, I read it as a young girl, is uh, it's riveting. And it's a biography that recounts the story of her family's efforts and how Corey Tim Boom found hope while imprisoned at the concentration camp. So this is her quote for today. Happiness isn't something that depends on our surroundings. It's something we make inside ourselves. Again, happiness isn't something that depends on our surroundings. It's something we make inside ourselves. That's Corey Ten Boom. And you might, uh, you know, all you parents out there, pull out the hiding place and have your kids read that uh, over the next week or so because uh, it is a very important book. And now the funnies. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Steve, you know you live in Boulder when you tell your husband to pick up granola on his way home and he stops at the daycare center for her. Okay. Hey, Steve, you know you live in Boulder when you carry your $3,000 mountain bike atop your $500 car. Seen that. Okay. <laughs> Steve, you know you live in Boulder when the top of your head is bald, but you still have a ponytail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seen that, too. And you know you live in Boulder when a pass does not involve dating or a football. That would be your ski pass or your pass to the the uh, Rocky Mountain National Park or something like that. Okay. I thought I might need to explain that to you. Good. I, well, you know, I I saw it earlier, and I I guess it was kind of open-ended, so thank you for nailing that down. Okay. And the drummer, he didn't come in this morning? <laughs> I didn't see him back there. He must have snuck in. He's, how long have we been doing this? And a day, day in and day out, it's just like he's, it's always his first day. I know. Good help is so hard to find sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to go to break. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking with Representative, Colorado Representative Kim Ransom. And uh, bless, bless her heart. I mean, uh, 
the hours they're spending, they're just holding the line down there. I mean, it is absolutely nuts what is happening happening at the Golden Dome. But before we do that, uh, the Avs will start their next playoff series in their quest for the Stanley Cup here soon. Tonight, the Nuggets fight the Spurs in the paint to determine the winner of Game 5 of their series. It's tied 2-2. And the Rockies were winners over the Washington Nationals yesterday in the first of a three-game homestand. Well, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters, and it's the place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing days. All the wings you can eat for $14.99. And that includes those smoked wings that are delectable and only half the calories. And Hooters Wings can fly. You can have them delivered right to your front doorstep. In fact, when the girls come over tomorrow, Wednesday night, I will order Hooters new uh, smoked wings for everybody. They love them. So you can order your Hooters Wings to go. You can have them delivered right to your front door. Or with all these great playoff games, you can watch the games at Hooters. So more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the Americhicks. So this is Kim Munson. We will be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show... We'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails at AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. We will keep you apprised of all the upcoming events. And then also go to StandForColorado.com. This is the website for that uh, big rally that we're going to have on May 10th on the uh, steps of the Capitol, the west steps of the Capitol, uh, to bring... Uh, people together that uh, everyday hardworking Coloradoans that are so concerned about what's going on down at the state house, and uh, I've got we have uh, Representative Kim Ransom on the line. Actually, I know that you are hustling. You got a seven o'clock meeting, uh, and there's so much we want to chat with you about, Kim. So welcome, uh, Representative Ransom. Oh, Kim. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. So let's. Uh, I mean, I don't know really where to start. The subject that we talked about was the red flag now law. Uh, it, it is a law now, isn't it? Didn't the governor, governor sign that, right? 
Yes, ma'am. The governor signed it last week. Yeah. So it's now the red flag law. And this actually could harm women, couldn't it, Representative Ransom? Yes, it could, because there are women that are trained to protect themselves and their children that have been involved in horrible situations, domestic violence, maybe a stalker, those types of situations. And people know how to game the system with this red flag law. They know, you know, stalkers and and predators, they know how to get get somebody's weapons pulled from their home. But all it takes is a phone call. You don't even have to appear in court. So a predator can call up and say, hey, you know, this woman was acting goofy or or I know she's crazy. I mean, they, they have to say some of the right sure. words, some of the right lingo. And a judge will then have to consider the evidence. But you just heard the evidence. It's only one side. Well, you know, it, Kim, it, it, it might be a, a woman, but I mean, whoever the victim is, is not notified that there was even a hearing planned. Well, uh, yeah, that is astounding. In this red flag law, there's there's no due process, which is unconstitutional uh, here in the United States. And then there's uh, illegal search and seizure. <clears throat> you know, you, you may be off to work. In fact, the Broomfield uh, deputy police chief, when uh, Broomfield apparently had brought forward a resolution as one of the council members in support of the red flag law um, before it was a law. And actually that was defeated at the Broomfield City Council, which is a good thing. However, I was reading, uh, and it's quoted uh, in in a piece, that uh, the deputy police chief in Broomfield was asked about the safety of law enforcement when they go someplace to confiscate somebody's weapons. or, or I'm going to say they're firearms. It's not their weapons, they're firearms. And um, firearms. Yeah, and the deputy police chief said, well, we would prefer to go and take the firearms when the person is at work. So let's think about this, Kim. Uh, you, This person doesn't even know, there's no due process, they don't even know that allegations have been made. They go off to work. And they come home, and the police have knocked down their door, and they've taken all of their firearms, and they didn't even know that. It's astonishing to me. Now, now, Representative Ransom, I think we can agree. I think we all agree. We don't want crazy people to have guns, right? Exactly. Exactly. But if somebody is so crazy that they are such a, a danger to all those around them, so you say you're going to come in and take the guns and leave the person there? That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's kitchen, kitchen utensils. There's, uh, you know, tools in the garage, for cars. the yard, cars, if the cords. Person wa- yeah, if the person works, they have a car. It's real easy to turn a car into a weapon or, you know, in, into an assault of some kind or a suicide tool. Yeah, right. And so this is just a veiled attempt to take firearms away from law-abiding citizens. And uh, it's very, very disturbing what's happening down at the at the State House. And let's change just a little bit, uh, Representative Ransom. There are so many things that are happening. I mean, I don't know where to start, but um, Patty, my researcher, had sent this article. Suzanne Steyer, we had her on a week or so ago. She's a former Deputy Secretary of State. And this is what she said. She said, Democrats won big in 2018 in the blue wave, and the election bills they've introduced this legislative session are designed to make sure that they never relinquish control. 
The bills take aim at Republicans, and because elections have consequences, that's to be expected. But these innocent-sounding bills also seek to push unaffiliated candidates out of the picture. House Bill 1278 is a 55-page rewrite of the election laws, and there is a section that raises the hurdles for unaffiliated candidates to get on the ballot. It used to be if an unaffiliated candidate wanted to run for governor, they needed 1,000 signatures. This new law, this new bill, would change that bar to 10,500, an increase of over 1,000%. Now, I know this is one of those kind of in-the-weeds things, but there's a lot of really dangerous in-the-weeds things that's being presented down there, Representative Ransom. Yes, indeed. That bill we debated on the floor for several hours yesterday. And, yes, that is one of the problems that you just mentioned for unaffiliated voters. Because, but and oh, the, the answer that they gave was that unaffiliated can go to anybody to get their signatures. So their answer was that it's a lower bar because Republicans obviously need registered Republicans and Democrats would need registered Democrats. Unaffiliated can go to anybody to get their signatures. So that I guess that that is their that is their answer, and I I, I can't. So, uh, so just that, clarify this. So, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you only have to get a thousand signatures. But if you're an unaffiliated, you have to get ten thousand five hundred signatures. Are, is that what you're telling me? To be honest, yes. In the original version of the bill, that's true. But you know what they did yesterday? They added twenty-three amendments on the floor. Twenty-three, and there are so many things. When I get there this morning, we will have what's called the engrossed version, meaning that all those 23 amendments will be folded in to the original uh, introduced version of the bill, and then I'll be able to read what is actually in place. Because some of those amendments were right next door to each other, were overlapping with what was done in committee. You know, because I read the committee reports, but now all of a sudden the amendments are on top of the committee reports and on top of the bill. So as I understand it, yes, those signature requirements have not changed. But again, I want to make sure I take one final look sure, okay. before I answer for sure. But 23 amendments, but that shows you why this bill, which came from a national organization, by the way, 1278 did, and they don't have a system where there's all-male ballots. So the bill was not written for a state with all-male ballots. So it doesn't even apply to us. And that's one of the reasons that they needed 23 amendments on the floor yesterday to try to make the bill even fit. Talk about, yeah. The county clerks are up in arms. Oh, my gosh. The county clerks have been sending us. It's an unfunded mandate to them, so it will be expensive. It, It takes away many of their voting places. You know, and then at, at the same time requires more voting centers. And again, we have mail-in ballots. So yeah. why do we need all these extra centers? Wow. This is astonishing. And, you know, many times unaffiliated have been uh, leaning uh, to the uh, Democrats when they vote. I think that this, this, again, takes the veil off of what's happening down there. Representative Ransom, we are out of time. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you. To read all of these things, you are doing such a, a, a great job. And I know you're on the front lines and you're holding the line. That's all you can do right now is hold the line. But hold the line. Because I think that the veil is off on what is happening there. We're going to have this big rally. 
on May 10th down at the Capitol, bringing people together to quietly, respectfully, you know, say we stand for Colorado because we care about what's going on in our state. So thank you so much, Representative Ransom. Get some sleep after this. You have two more weeks, basically. You have two more weeks. Just hold the line. Hold the line, okay? So, I will do that, and thank you so much. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to jump over here. Jason McBride, uh, Presidential Wealth Management, is on the line. Hey, Jason, I heard that you got a very early morning text this morning. I did. I just uh, told Steve I didn't mind, but uh, if my wife ever meets him, she's probably going <laughs> to give him a smack upside the head. <laughs> and uh, when I came in, he goes, I don't know why I texted so early. Uh, I actually could have texted later. I don't know why I did that. Well, that's okay. Not Jay- a big deal. Jason, just tell your wife to get in line. Mm. <laughs> well, you if you're scared of her, you can just call and uh, report that you're afraid, and I'll come take her guns away. At least you could do that. <laughs> don't give don't, no ideas, no ideas on that. So, hey, let's jump in here uh, on something more serious, and that is I saw a headline that said that Social Security is going to run out of money, I think, in 2020. What is that true? Now, I don't think it's 2020. There were all kinds of headlines yesterday uh, screaming that it's going to run out of money. Uh, This happens pretty much every single year, Kim, as soon as the trustees report comes out. So let's talk about what's really going on is, is what they're describing is the Social Security Trust Fund, which is really just about $4 trillion or $3 trillion or so worth of IOUs that uh, the government owes to the Social Security Fund, uh, the prediction is is that they'll have to start drawing on that uh, next year to cover the benefits. And I think they said by 2035 that trust fund would be drawn all the way down. And if that's the case and Congress does nothing, then at that point, uh, we'd, uh, the payroll taxes coming in would be enough to cover about three-quarters of the current and promised benefits. Okay. So, you know what? I think now, as I think about that headline that I read, is it said that in 2020 that there would not be enough money coming in to cover the um the commitments. Is is that what I think I read? <laughs> yeah, you know, Kim, there, there's so many different pieces. There's Social Security and disability and Medicare, and they talk about them all at the same time, and they all have different points where they get in trouble. But yes, you're correct. Uh, 2020 is probably the first year where they're saying that they're the Payroll taxes coming in won't be enough to cover what goes out, so they'll have to dip into the trust Got it. Fund. Okay, Does got that it. that make sense? Yeah, they have to dip got it. into their savings. Got it, got it. Okay. Now, you, you and your uh, colleagues over there at Presidential Wealth Management you really are experts regarding uh, Social Security. You, I mean, you can help people take a look at their own economic well-being, and, uh, and you really can help them plan and have uh, Social Security be a component of that, right? Well, it's a very important component of it, and I'd like to mention, Kim, that we do have a couple of classes coming up on Social Security. Uh, We've got one in Arvada, uh, May 7th or 11th. Uh, Looks like we've got another one in Lakewood, uh, May 14th or May 16th. Uh, Rather than try to remember all those dates, just remember to go to uh, chickspresidential.com. Up at the top, if you click Classes, It'll pop up 
all of our classes we have coming up, and Social Security is two of those, so it's uh, twice as important as the others, right? Well, yeah, that's for sure. And uh, so that you can get that information at chickspresidential.com. That's Chicks presidential.com and the phone number over over there is uh, 303-694-1600 303-694-1600 and it's very important to plan appropriately and Jason and the the folks over there at Presidential Wealth Management can help you make sure that you take care of your economic well-being. So Jason, thanks so much. We will talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good, Kim. Thank you. Okay, and so this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, and uh, we will be talking with Patrice Anwuka. She is the Senior Policy Analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. We'll talk about the plastic bag bans, net neutrality, and Michelle Obama's comments regarding President Trump and divorce dads. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend to celebrate our 43rd season. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, this week's features will include Shazam, Isn't It Romantic, and Us. And remember our popular Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Ameritix with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails, and I'd appreciate it if you would like and follow me on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me Patrice Anwuka. She is the Senior Policy Analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. And we're going to talk about a couple of different uh, pieces that she has recently uh, written, uh, some op-eds. The first one is regarding plastic bag bans. So Patrice Anwuka, welcome to the AmeriChicks. Uh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to join your show. Uh, it's always a great conversation. And uh, you have been busy since the last time you were on. I was going through <laughs> and looking at all of the different important subjects out there. If people want to see what you're writing about, you can, they can go to Independent Women's Forum. And it's Patrice Unwuka. That's O-N-W-U-K-A. And uh, you really take these these issues. You make them uh, concise, give a lot of clarity to them. And uh, this plastic ban, uh, plastic bag ban, has me really, really concerned. So let's jump in here. Uh, you'd written this piece, published it on April 4th, and you say banning plastic bans in New York won't save the environment but could make people sicker. So let's talk about that first premise there, that they won't save the environment. Tell us about that, Patrice. 
Well, New York uh, is the second state behind California to now ban plastic bag use. Um, these are plastic bags that you would get at grocery stores or um, some some kind of takeout places. And their goal is to try to reduce the amounts of the environmental footprint that plastic bans uh, generate. Unfortunately, though, you know, plastic bans are not the biggest source of, of waste and, and environmental danger. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, while it's, it's important to be uh, environmentally friendly, some of the alternatives are not necessarily any better, especially when you consider um, that, uh, you know, they, they're, they're not particularly um not particularly harmful to sewers or or even the um, the water systems that I, I think folks consider them to be. Well, and they call them single-use plastic bags, but in fact, I know that people use uh, their their grocery bags for a lot of things. Absolutely, I certainly reuse my plastic. Uh, grocery bags to store dirty diapers. I have a four-month-old, and boy, oh boy, uh, is it good to be able to tie a plastic bag and keep all of the odors within that. So, you know, this idea that you know, these single-use plastic bags are, you know, not environmentally friendly really isn't true. When you consider a, a brown paper bag, for example, you're less likely to be able to get a second use out of that type of bag. And so, you know, it, it's, it seems like on the, its face a good environmentally friendly idea, but then when you dig a little bit deeper, you find out that there are some unintended consequences. Well, and uh, in the New York's law, there's carve-outs and a bunch of them. Uh, What are some of those? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, if you are getting uh, your using a plastic bag to put your deli meats in, those are going to be uh, carved out. Garment bags are, are carved out. Any sort of big bulk items that you might get in a plastic bag, uh, even bags sold separately for recycling and trash, those are all carved out of this. This is really just looking at those convenience store bags, those small, those grocery store bags. And if you think about it, a lot of those other smaller use plastic bags probably also generate a fair amount of, of waste, um, and they may not be as, uh, as likely to be recycled. I mean, how many people will recycle a garbage bag that's been used once? <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's just uh, you could see you could see that there are uh, probably some interests at work, and then this idea that you're trying to be environment, environmentally friendly when you're really not being. Well, and the other thing about you know bringing your bags, your uh, those reusable bags, uh, you take them home, they get germs on them. You bring them back into the grocery store with all these germs on it, it seems to me like it's not very sanitary. Well, yeah. I mean, how many times have you washed your pl- your reusable biodegradable bag? I mean, probably not very many times. Very often we go to the grocery store, we use it once, and we chuck it away in a, a cabinet or in the back of the car, the trunk car, uh, the car's trunk, so that when you go back to the grocery store, you use it again. And that's fine and dandy. But imagine all of the germs from uh, meat, uh, vegetables that are you know cross being cross contaminated, but still staying within that that bag. So. You know, unfortunately, uh, one study in San Francisco found that uh, these the, the plastic band bag, the plastic band bag, a band bag. I'm saying it's <laughs> hard to say. I know <laughs> it's hard to say. But that ban on plastic bags and the use of reusable bags can actually contribute to 5.5 more deaths every year. Why? Because, again, you're talking about contamination um, from, you know, foodborne illnesses. And so that's something that's worrisome. Now, you can eliminate that threat if you're able to wash those bags on a regular basis. But how many consumers do that? 
Well, and if you wash those bags, it actually, uh, you have to heat the water. You know, there's electricity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's nothing that is perfect out there. Um, But banning plastic bags, okay, you you know, you have a baby, you mentioned that, and, you know, you're busy. You're a mom, you get to the store, maybe you forgot the bags, they're your, the, um, your reusable bags, they're in the car. I, I actually really see this as an assault on convenience for everyday, hardworking Americans as they go to the grocery store to get their, their goods, to take them home, to cook, and to take care of their family. I know that's kind of out there a little bit, but that's what I see, Patrice. Well, and there's some really interesting historic history behind how plastic bags were developed as a really good alternative even to paper bags, but even before that, other ways of transporting your goods home. Uh, I, I think it's been a market development. Uh, consumers have definitely benefited from the use of plastic bags, and now you have state governments picking winners and losers among how we transport our goods um, from here to there. You know, I think that there is uh, there's really no... Uh, serious uh, threat or, or serious rationale for why the government should be trying to ban certain types of bags over others. There, there's no suffocation uh, threat. There's no threat that they are killing people. Uh, on the other hand, we see that reusable bags can be harmful. So, you know, I think it's a, a, another way of governments trying to, the nanny state, trying to control our choices as, as consumers. And we should have more choice. We should be able to choose between paper, plastic, both, or something else, not be forced to, to take this ban uh, or, or to, to follow this ban. And I'll add that California actually snuck a little provision in there where if, uh, if certain counties want to continue to give out plastic bags, they have to pay a little bit of a fine to do so. So, you know, uh, it, it's like a 5% fee on any paper bags that a, a, that a county decides to use. So it's a way of saying, okay, well, we're going to prefer paper over plastic, and we're going to make a little bit of money on top of this. And I, and I do think, Kim, that what you see with a lot of these plastic band bags is a revenue raiser for out-of-control spending at state and local levels. Well, and you know, the other thing about it is think about the manpower for the the vendor, for the grocery store. They have to hire somebody or they have to have a bookkeeper that's going to keep track of all this. You know, sometimes I really look at this and I'm like, I think it's really wrong that we have to make um, vendors and, you know, private enterprise you know, pay to collect these taxes. In essence, they're working for the government to collect these taxes, but they have to incur the cost to bring on these bookkeepers to keep track of all this. If they don't do it correctly, I'm sure that there's fines and penalties that are in many of these laws. It seems really, like you say, it's like big government out of control. It is. Um, and and it, unfortunately, this is the, the state of California, a very blue state, one that tends to lead in these types of, um, of, of controlling day-to-day activities of our lives. But don't be surprised if you see this pop up in other states. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise to folks in Washington, D.C., in this area where I live. Uh, the city, Washington, D.C., has banned plastic baggies for a while. Other cities um, have certainly either banned them or attached a, a, a fee to them. So if you you know, use a plastic bag, they'll charge you five cents. Uh, we've seen these these pop up for quite a while, but this is the first, the second time we're seeing an entire state do this. And California tends to be a bellwether for other uh, left, uh, leftist progressive states um, on the coast, east and west coast. So don't be surprised if you continue to see things like this pop up. 
Well, and ultimately, uh, I think that there really are some health risks. I remember when there was this real movement to no longer wash your sheets and towels in hot water. Just use warm water. And then the next thing you know, there's a whole bunch of bed bugs. You know, we have these, uh, and it was several years ago. And it seems to me that that's kind of disappeared because I think that hotels have gone back to washing their sheets in hot water. And so you, you know, have this pressure to, quote unquote, help the environment. And in essence... Uh, it, it actually makes things less healthy for everyday hardworking Americans. Well, there is always an unintended unintended consequence to every uh, policy solution, and it, it may sound like a good idea, uh, but very often it's driven by one particular interest trying to uh, get get over on another one, uh, and, and unfortunately, consumers are the ones who end up losing out in the in the long run. Well, and Patrice, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. But Colorado, we have a legislature that um, really want to be California wannabes. And uh, and so we're seeing uh, across the spectrum here this push for plastic bag bans out here in Colorado. You're seeing it happen in municipalities. But there's also some legislation that is going through Colorado regarding net neutrality. And, um, you know, a free and, and fair Internet sounds pretty exciting. And that's what we want. Uh, and net neutrality opines that that's what it's going to be, but not so fast. So let's go to break. When we come back, I'd like to chat with you about this other very important uh, op-ed that you did, and that is uh, is uh, the title, Three Reasons Congress Should Not Bring Back Obama-Era Net Neutrality, but we have legislation out here in Colorado that wants to do that for our state. So this is Kim Munson uh, with the AmeriChicks. I'm talking with Patrice Anwuka. She is the Senior Policy Analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. We'll be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And offering you a conservatarian perspective, thrilled to have on the line with me Patrice Anwuka. Uh, she is the Senior Policy Analyst for the Independent Women's Forum. And uh, she takes on the important issues out there, is able to drill down bring clarity to them and make a very concise 
uh, comments on that. And so let's talk a little bit about this piece that you did uh, earlier in April. Three reasons Congress should not bring back Obama era new net, net I can't say it, net neutrality. <laughs> so Patrice, this is very, very important. Uh, so tell us, what is net neutrality? I think people have a difficult time understanding that. Okay, so net neutrality is basically the idea that the Internet should operate freely and open, you know, unencumbered um, and with full competition. Uh, You should be able to get online, be able to, you know, pay for a faster download speed if you want and not have your your website slow down uh, because a company wants to charge you more or whatever the case is. Uh, Generally, though, I think everyone agrees, yeah, we want a free and open Internet. However, in 2015, the Federal Communications Commission under President Obama's uh, administration, they used this idea of a free and open Internet to seize power uh, from the Federal Trade Commission. So the FCC trying to take over from the FTC to really control and regulate broadband companies, your Verizons, your, uh, your, any of those Internet providers. And so this is really important because it became a, a backdoor way for federal government to then be able to determine what how broadband providers deliver uh, their their, uh, services to us. And it had some really bad consequences. Now, let's just take a step back and remember, you know, before 2015, the Internet developed just fine. You could still get online. You didn't have to worry about any sort of anti-competitive behavior. So the question is, well, why did we need net neutrality anyway? Uh, And and unfortunately, what you saw was a a really interesting narrative painted by celebrities like Alyssa Milano and and um, and uh, John Oliver, you know, claiming that the Internet would uh, would stop if net neutrality was repealed. Thankfully, the Trump administration did repeal on net neutrality. And guess what? The very next day, the Internet worked just (laughs) as normal. And that's because we've always had a free and open Internet, and we will continue to do so. We just don't need those extra government regulations. Well, and so you have three important points here. Uh, You said that repealing net neutrality made the Internet faster. Instead of the Internet dying, it got faster. Tell us. (laughs) <laughs> it did. So when you looked at the Internet speeds nationally, we went from the 12th fastest in the world to the 6th fastest in the world. And that was after net neutrality was repealed. I think it's because companies, you know, with that, without those added regulations on their back, they were able to really invest in ensuring that broadband uh, Internet access was uh, continued to be competitive and fast. And, and that really bodes well for all of us as users and even as small business owners and, 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 and big companies that use utilize the internet to sell goods and services. Okay, and you also say your second point repealing net neutrality boosted investments in expanding internet access to more Americans. Yeah, I mean, when you consider that it's it's really it's cheap to be able to in, invest in broadband internet, you know, uh, companies that that expand, put in lines, and, and what all, all the infrastructure that's needed here in, in really densely populated areas. The challenge is rural America, you know, flyover America, where you know it, it's really expensive because there's so there there are fewer people to be able to pay for their services, and so. After inter- the net neutrality was passed in 2015, you saw broadband companies pull back on investing in creating and, and expanding Internet to places like rural America. That's that kind of unintended consequence we really don't want to see. So thankfully, after that repeal, I think we've started to see investments begin to increase. 
Okay. And your third point, net neutrality wasn't needed to begin with. You said that net neutrality, of which uh, the Obama administration put in in 2015, was a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. I mean, some of the rationale behind net neutrality was that there was some sort of anti-competitive behavior going on uh, where broadband companies were trying to lock out or or, or impede content, you know, videos, movies, uh, website access uh, from social media companies and other online businesses. But there was really no demonstrated examples of that. And so really it was just a a backdoor way for, you know, an administration that certainly likes to regulate industry to do so. Well, and interestingly enough, uh, like Facebook, Amazon, Google, all of those companies, I remember seeing that they were out there in favor of net neutrality. And so let's fast forward. Back in 2015, they they were for net neutrality. Then I saw that they were, uh, as you mentioned, John uh, Oliver and Alyssa Milano were saying the Internet's going to die if, in fact, net neutrality is repealed. That didn't happen. Actually, there was more investment in net uh, in that internet in the internet as well as uh, speeds got faster but these companies facebook amazon google i mean i am now having personal experience with them um you know controlling voices and so here we're we're saying and well one of the things on that was a couple of things i had uh, done a book review uh, for uh, Laura Carno regarding her book that government ruins nearly everything. And uh, it was basically, I just said, I differed with her. I, I agreed with her on an issue. I just looked at it a little bit differently. And that was regarding government coming in and redefining words. And if you don't agree with that redefinition, then using the power of government to take away your business or take away your opportunity. I thought it seemed reasonable comment. And Amazon mm-hmm. would not post my, my uh, book review, interestingly enough. So my, oh, point, wow. my point here is, is these people that say they want free, fair, and open, uh, and we're uh, supporting net neutrality, in essence, they are shutting down voices over there. So we want to make sure that, that, the, that the internet stays uh, open and free. And so we do not want net neutrality. Your comment. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I think the, the concern that Internet companies had is that they would have uh, broadband companies would start to develop content that would compete with their content. So, you know, your Facebooks and your your, um, your Amazons are worried that your Verizon wireless or your Verizons will start to, to produce content, social media platforms or um, shopping experiences that would be competitive, would be a, a direct com- competition. And because they're both providing the Internet and the, the, the content, then they would have some sort of leg up on the competition. I, I mean, I think we all want to see, you know, full competition because that benefits us as consumers. We get better products, faster services delivered to us. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of misinformation that flew around on 2015 and 2017, especially as the repeal of net neutrality came up. I mean, I, I heard, I saw a headline about Pornhub, um, you know, saying that your, your, your downloading porn will be fat, will, will be slow. It will slow to a crawl because net neutrality was repealed. And I'm pretty sure the very next day after it was repealed, people still got access to the to their website, that website as just as quickly as before. So, you know, we, we have to be careful about when uh, the companies are choosing sides, um, but really getting down to the basic question of, is this a purview of government? 
doesn't need added regulation. And by the way, the repeal of net neutrality doesn't mean we have no internet regulations. It just returns that that oversight to the Federal Trade Commission, which is where it needed to be, before, where, where it was before and where it needs to be. They are really the federal cop on the beat, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm glad that we've returned that power back to them. Okay, so thank you for shedding light on this. It's important to understand that because we have legislation that's being uh, worked through the House here in Colorado to uh, repeal net neutrality, um, or excuse, excuse me, to support net neutrality here in Colorado. So let's keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. We've got just a few minutes. Uh, your most recent piece uh, in the Independent Women's Forum is Michelle Obama's silly Trump joke reinforces negative stereotypes about divorced dads. And I guess this came out this morning, so I haven't had a chance to read it. What's going <laughs> on here? Oh, my. So recently, Michelle Obama, she's promoting her book. Uh, which is just fine, but she wanted to take a quick shot at President Trump's uh, leadership, and he, she in essence said that America is in a bad place. Your parents are divorced, and now America is like staying at your da- at the divorced dad's house where it's all fun and there are no rules. That's in essence what she was saying. And, you know, listen, politics aside, in her opinion of President Trump's presidency aside, um, what she did was really insult dads, divorced fathers, by perpetuating this, this stereotype that if you're a divorced father, or really any dad out there, that you are an oaf, that you are an ex, and that you can't run a household that takes care of children. And I think that's a slap in the face to so many dads out there, you know, who are the sole um, caregivers for their kids, you know, who are invested in, sure, in ensuring that their kids succeed, and who are really indispensable in the lives of their kids. Well, and so you had three quick reasons. You said uh, why Michelle's Obama's joke is wrong. First of all, dads are not all goofballs, right? They're not. I mean, we've seen the TV dad who's typically, you know, uh, fumbling over, trying to be a good dad. Uh, the The kids pull the wool over his eyes every week. Um, and, you know, he's just inept. But that, that's it. that is so, so ridiculous because so many dads are great fathers. They take fantastic care of their kids. And so, you know, to, to assume that just because you're a divorced dad, you can't, you can't run a, a good household. I, I don't know who thinks that way, but unfortunately, former Lady Michelle Obama does. Wow. And dads are critical to kids' success, right? Oh, my goodness. The outcomes that we've seen when kids do not have a, a father in their household, it's, it's, it's amazing. Kids suffer in school. They fall into uh, to, to truancy issues. They, they get into the criminal justice system early. You know, it, they shouldn't even be there to begin with, but they tend to fall there. Girls especially become vulnerable to uh, sexual predators and violent uh, relations, sexually violent relationships, sometimes even at the hands of, a, of the new boyfriend in their mother's life. So when a father is absent, that has a direct impact on the outcomes for kids. Well, and Michelle Obama, really, her comments um, played right into this uh, sexism conversation out there. Oh, my goodness. How sexist is it to say that a mom, a woman is a better parent than a dad? I mean, I think we've hopefully moved beyond the point of understanding that, you know, moms and dads take on different roles. And increasingly, we're seeing more fathers stay at home to take care of their children. We're seeing more fathers step up. So to, to just assume that because a, a, a man is, in, is taking care of the kids that, you know, they're going to be eating pizza and candy every day. They're not going to have a bedtime and they may, be, they may not even brush their teeth or take a shower. I think that's backwards looking in it and it really 
really does a disservice to how society is embracing men taking on more household and child-rearing um, responsibilities. Well, Patrice Anwuka, I just love the pieces that you publish in the Independent Women's Forum. Thank you so much. I recommend that people check that out. And what is your website? Oh, simple. IWF.org. Okay, that's IWF.org. So, Patrice Anwuka, thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation. And our quote for today is from Patrice Anwuka. She says, the bigger point is that government shouldn't be picking winners and losers among bags. Let consumers decide what's best for them. That's Patrice Onwuka. So Kim Munson here today. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't serve.